Welcome to A Higher Future in Healthcare, a special series exploring a growing crisis in healthcare, hiring quality talent to deliver quality care. I'm Ubaldo Siminetti, your host, and I sit down with some of the industry's top voices in hiring and recruiting to dissect one of healthcare's biggest obstacles in the hopes of learning from each other and sharing that information to help us improve how and who we hire so that we can take better care of the communities and the people we serve. I am here with Russ Peel. Hello, how are you, sir? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Awesome. No, thank you for being here. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about you and your role uh, in the organization, and then we'll kind of dive into some general questions about recruiting and hiring in healthcare. Sounds good. Uh, again, I'm Russ Peel. I am the Director of Workforce Recruitment and Retention for the Veterans Health Administration. Awesome. Uh, my role has been to kind of transform how uh, we go about recruiting and retaining hard to find physicians, uh, advanced yeah. practice providers, kind of a transformative effort that hadn't existed before we showed up, six of us in 2009. So oh, wow. we've okay. uh, been on the change management, transformational management kind of platform for the last couple of years. And so we've grown immensely. Uh, and we cover everything from specialized provider recruitment to loan repayment programs, scholarships, all the marketing, media, and advertising you might see, commercials. Uh, and again, it is the largest integrated healthcare system in the country, yeah. uh, serving about 9 million veterans across the country. So wow. it's a huge operation. Yeah, it's incredible. But it's a great, great mission, uh, great, uh, it's a great service. Why do you think, why wasn't there anything until 2009? Um, I, th I think um, there was just a lack of understanding uh, of the the unique skill set to recruit specialized providers mm -hmm. or to recruit uh, from a scarce, a nationally scarce marketplace. Yeah. Uh, and so historically, it's kind of always been using one of the anchor engines on uh, websites for anyone that wants a federal job or a VA job to kind of apply to. Sure. The problem is, or the challenge with that is, um, scarce physicians, advanced practice providers, and they're scarce like that, they're not actually looking for opportunities, opportunities are looking for them. Right. So it's a different kind of uh, a lack of awareness and what was needed to actually capture that talent mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the, the, the types of approaches that have been always used, the kind of one size fits all, and we have to kind of really understand that uh, recruiting and connecting with an advanced practice provider, a specialized physician, is completely different from connecting and recruiting a non-specialized occupation. Sure. And are you seeing, what are you seeing in general across hiring and healthcare right now? Are you seeing similar issues that are still happening in terms of being able to find just Yes, and, yeah. and, it's, and, that, and it's been that way for, for a while now. I mean, yeah. uh, it's well documented that the nation is not producing the, the amount or volume of physicians and advanced practice providers uh, that satisfies the demand for them. Right. It makes everything much more competitive. You've got to be really smart to kind of go after uh, those providers. Uh, and I think those that win are those that understand how important it is to really connect with the provider outside of their specialty, outside of their profession. Yeah. Uh, you know, how can we make our opportunities align with the interests of healthcare providers beyond just them practicing medicine, mm. seeing patients, 
Uh, and that's the thing. And, I, and it's honestly what providers are actually looking for. Uh, they're looking to be able to say, this is where I can see myself. This is where I can see my significant other, my support system and family being a part of this community, not just a part of this practice. Well, and what's interesting about that, and I think what makes recruiting in this industry so much more powerful, is oftentimes recruiters are recruiting for uh, the, the, a system where they seek care. Mm -hmm. So it's almost yes. like it's almost like a heavier burden, but also, uh, you, you know, like I'm this could be my next doctor. Yes, and in fact, that was kind of our approach. Uh, you know, my background is I'm a retired Air Force uh, mm -hmm. guy, and I spent 13 years recruiting in the Air Force before retiring. Yeah. And I, I spent almost half of that time recruiting health professionals to wear the uniform to take care of our folks on active duty. Sure. Once I retired and went into the private industry for a couple of healthcare systems and, and in a search firm, what attracted me to this pilot that brought me to the VA mm -hmm. was that I had been both a recruiter and a patient. Mm -hmm. And uh, I and my fellow you know, colleagues, we felt we had a vested interest mm -hmm. in making sure that the providers that we recruit could actually end up being our providers. Right. Uh, that's nothing new to VA. It's just that you now have a team of specialized recruiters that get their care at the VA uh, that have a different kind of interest in simply not just finding a provider, but finding one that could probably see me. <laughs> right, absolutely. Well, and talk about that. So I was talking to one of your colleagues uh, last night. Uh, right now there's an initiative to, to hire recruiters in, what is it, 115 yes. locations? Yes, and that's talk kind of a part of the transformative revolution. There was, uh, back in 2008, I believe, there was an IDM study they did on the operational readiness of VHA. Mm -hmm. One of the recommendations uh, on the re provider recruitment front, 2008, was that we pilot a specialized recruitment operation. Let's say bring mm -hmm. some private industry professional physician recruiters sure. to see if we get better outcomes with placing providers than we have with our historical, you know, system. Right. And I was a part of that initial six. Hmm. Uh, and all of us were veterans. All of us had both uniform recruitment experience and then private sector experience. Um, so what you're seeing today is kind of an evolution of that. I think within the first nine months of us being on board, we recruited approximately 130 providers mm, wow. from the industry, private sector into permanent VA yeah. workforce. Amazing. Uh, that definitely accelerated the nationalization of this initiative. It was right. successful. So we proved in less than a year of a two-year pilot that this is something you want to nationalize. So uh, we expanded from six to uh, 21. Uh, wow. I then became the uh, director of the uh, specialized recruitment operation back in 2011. And we've grown. We've just provided a different type of experience for our hiring managers and clients, for the candidates that we recruit. Uh, and uh, it, it has been relational uh, it, rather than transactional. Yeah, yeah. And that's been the thing. So we've lot. grown. We've added more recruiters. And uh, right now, uh, last year, huge milestone for us. We actually had the specialized physician uh, recruiter role codified as a federal occupation. Oh, wow. And that's where this is coming from. So yeah. many of our uh, chiefs, HR officers throughout the country are uh, leveraging and partnering with us to help them find and identify and bring on top uh, provider recruitment talent and yeah. to give them the results, the service, the outcomes that the 21 of, 21 of us 
had been doing, uh, and of course, 21 recruiters for a system that large, you know. So it's, yeah. it's historic. Uh, we're really proud of what we've been able to do. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's good to see uh, recruiters uh, that have recently been hired by the VA as specialized provider recruiters. It's what we envisioned uh, when we sat down in November of 20, 2010. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Is there, without giving away the secret sauce, <laughs> I mean, what is it that you all are doing that you think differentiates you from just maybe the general industry of healthcare and, and some of the issues that a lot of hospitals and healthcare systems are still seeing? Yeah, I, I don't know if there's a secret sauce to it. I think it was a secret sauce for our agency because okay. uh, before we showed up, they had never experienced what it was like to work with a, a specialized recruiter. Mm -hmm. uh, they're used to uh, working with, let's say, a, a professional HR, whether they're specialized or mm -hmm. generalist. Sure. Uh, but that method of talent acquisition is significantly different mm -hmm. from the type of work that provider recruiters do. So even as a healthcare system, uh, operationally, but also from a recruitment standpoint, we are we experience what our industry uh, colleagues experience mm -hmm. in terms of the recruitment challenges. There's still uh, a market that doesn't support the demand for access to being able to provide health care. Sure. If there's an advantage I think we have, it may be uh, that roughly 80% or more of all physicians that have practiced in America have migrated through a VA at some point. Oh, really? Because, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, roughly 80% of all physicians. So everyone that is hmm. trained in the U.S. understands or had some kind of clinical rotational training through a VA system. Uh, Okay. Uh, uh, number one. And number two, we're really heavy in research. So right. there are providers and physicians that are research interested. I mean, I think we have close to seven. Don't quote me on that, but I think we have like seven Nobel laureates for medicine. Wow. So some of the some of the most uh, significant medical breakthroughs happened, uh, came about with physicians that were uh, VA members, the staff yeah. of the VA. So nice. we have the same challenge. I don't think it's a secret sauce. Yeah. Uh, but we had the same challenges. We, we just tried to uh, meet our providers where they are and, yeah. and help them see themselves in our system. Right. What, what kind of tools are, I mean, do you think there's room for AI and tech? Like, what are you seeing in kind of, you know, in 2023 that's helping with these efforts? Well, I, I certainly understand how much AI and tech has played a role to kind of change the way we actually engage mm -hmm. and it's become the preferable way providers want to be engaged right got it uh, ai to a certain extent is great uh so long as it doesn't completely remove the personal element right from recruiting so uh, ai on the front end to determine that this is kind of a candidate that we can have mutual interest in to have a conversation is great mm -hmm. uh, it helps us pinpoint some areas of interest that are important to them from a practice and lifestyle standpoint mm -hmm. and how providers now are approaching the whole job search is a little different I mean, it's not always location and how much i'm going to get paid it's what's the work life work life balance with you guys yeah. how is my lifestyle going to benefit being a part of it they, they come in lifestyle first uh so those those things are important uh i think when i first got into the recruitment business it was really all about location um uh, a compensation package, mm -hmm. uh, who am I going to be uh, working with, where they train. I think I think the pandemic taught us a lot about mm -hmm. the value of time and uh, attention to quality of life yeah. and make that the forefront of day-to-day. 
right. and not frame everything else around what I'm doing clinically. Interesting. Have you, is that the common thread between all of the successful candidates that, that you've brought into the system, that kind of that um, passion or, you know, uh, work-life, balance-seeking, mission-driven? It's a part of it, I think. Yeah. It's a significant part of it. And the providers uh, that we've recruited over the years, uh, they're either at the midpoint of their career mm -hmm. or they're getting toward the latter part, maybe the last 10, 15 years of their career. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, in a lot of reports, we have candidates who always wanted to practice medicine in uniform. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that it was a way of serving, if right, you will. Right, right. So it's not uncommon uh, for us to come around and have candidates that see practicing medicine and taking care of veterans more than anything mm -hmm. is their way of serving the country, their way of giving back. They couldn't do it in a, a uniform, right. uh, whether it was Air Force, Marines, uh, Army, Navy. Yeah. But this is kind of how they see themselves giving back to the country, and that's by taking care of America's heroes. We have a unique mission in that regard. Right. Uh, and then these are some of the same providers and physicians and specialists that trained in the VA. And so this is almost oh, kind of a coming back home. Yeah, so sure. We see a lot of that. How are you, so you mentioned, you know, kind of the middle to end mm -hmm. of career. How are you all addressing then the top of the funnel and, and the new new physicians? Are you, like, is there any kind of yes. progress with that on your end? We're, we're making really significant headway with, uh, and we train roughly 120,000 uh, across health profession specialties a year. Wow. Uh, yeah. We are making, uh, uh, since let's say 2019, a much more targeted, concerted, intentional effort to really engage those health professions trainees when they enter our system as trainees mm -hmm. and, and begin helping them chart a path into our permanent workforce post-training roughly between 80 to 85% of all the health professions trainees that migrated to our system uh, surveyed that they've had a most favorable experience. Hmm. Historically, the challenge has been uh, we didn't aggressively pursue them for placement once they completed training. Right. And that has a lot to do with not having specialized, dedicated recruiters that understand the value of the trainees. But we have that now. And we have a system that matches the trainees that migrate into our system with uh, one of our medical centers that is interested in hiring these trainees. Interesting. Uh, they're going to be in a team-centered uh, practice environment, so we right. wouldn't take a brand new trainee, put them in a rural location all alone. Right. Uh, it's a familiar system with them. We're all on board with the electronic medical records technology stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, that that's I think we've made significant progress and headway, and I think we're positioned more now than ever to really uh, capitalize on that new young talent. Uh, uh, because they've had a taste of what it's like to take care of heroes, mm -hmm. and that's what they want to do. So it's mm -hmm. just beyond delivering care. It's really about a, mean, a, a mission that means a whole lot more. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Do, do you get a lot of people reaching out, looking, seeking advice, guidance based on the incredible work that you've done through the VA? Yeah, we've, we've helped uh, a few other agencies kind of establish similar programs to ours. Okay. I know we've worked quite a bit with Indian Health Service, Public Health Service. So they're our friends, they're our colleagues. We do significant work with the Department of Defense, which is the largest federal agency, VA is number two. Right. Uh, we have 
programs and systems in place that allow us to collaborate with the DOD, for example, to identify transitioning Mm. Uh, military members that have clinical specialties or clinical training. Mm -hmm. So we can kind of identify them when they're maybe uh, 18 months to two years out. Sure. And uh, ease, uh, ease the transition, yeah. invite the transition, and when they decide to transition into uh, VA from DOD, again, it's, it's continued service. They're just not wearing the uniform every day. Right. Well, and I imagine that transition, you know, it's almost um, – like, you know, you always hear about college athletes, for example, mm -hmm. who don't go on to play professionally. That's a big transition mentally. Yes. For people. And so how, how do you address that kind of mental health aspect of, of that transition, leaving service as they know it, mm -hmm. out of uniform? We all have it. Uh, yeah. We all that wore the uniform. We never anticipate how it hits us Yeah, yeah. to finally take the uniform off. Uh, but this is a, to them, again, they, they see it as I'm still serving my country mm -hmm. and I'm still serving my country with my comrades. Yeah. Instead, I'm taking care of them right. than actually uh, in operations with them. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a huge deal. It's yeah. A huge deal. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. It's very powerful. Yeah. Well, Russ, I can't thank you enough for joining sure, us Sure, it's been my pleasure, man. Thank yeah, you for having me. Great. Thank you for the insights. What, any last words of wisdom for anybody, for everybody out Listen, there? Listen, <laughs> uh, have a great plan to capture the best talent. Make sure your strategies and activities involve really connecting with providers as humans yeah. and making sure that your practice environment and the communities that you recruit to address the human side of these providers and help them see themselves in your healthcare system. Perfect. Thank you. All right. A Higher Future in Healthcare is a production of IIA Healthcare, a technology organization powered by the Interview IA Interview Platform, designed to help healthcare organizations hire better. Learn more at www.iiahealthcare.com and in collaboration with AAPPR, the Association for Advancing Physician and Provider Recruitment, the leading authority on physician and provider recruitment and retention. Learn more at www.aappr.org.